Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Right. Two minutes late. And leave right down there. If it was a dressage test, we would be eliminated. eliminated. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? I don't know. It's been a mad dash of a week. Everything's been going about <laughs> 90 miles an hour. I feel like we were just sitting here. Where has the week gone? Like last Thursday night, we were just sitting here. Nicole was here. We had the whole oh, team yeah. here. Then we had the clinic. The, yeah, yeah the clinic. And then we went to the clinic. So tonight we're talking about the Ingrid Klimke Clinic. Huh. Klimka. It's German. Klimka Clinic, which is awesome. Uh, we have some other updates. I have a list here. And we have a lot of questions from you all to answer tonight. So, Hola, buenas noches. También. Hola, Mexico. Right yes. There. Someone says hello from Mexican City. Tania. Oh, yeah. She's the one that she wants us to do office. She wants us to translate into Spanish. So. All the office hours? Yes. That would be a, <laughs> that would be a Herculean We'll task. have to work on our, on our Spanish. Anyways, the other important announcement, I'm doing a goal-setting webinar on January 1st. So if you're in strides, we kind of are wrapping up the year and doing some reflecting. And then January 1st, New Year's Day, it's a Monday this year. I will be doing a free goal setting webinar. I'm really excited about it. I've been listening to books and podcasts and putting together an epic webinar. So I hope that you can make it live on New Year's Day. We're not going to Magic Mountain then. No, we're not going. I'm not. You can go. <laughs> um, okay. So, first of all, Ingrid, what was your biggest takeaway from the clinic? Have fun. Why? Right, because she was so positive and just drama-free. Yes, I agree. Um, I also, like, I really liked Ingrid because she, you could tell she was just very much a horse woman. And she did this, like, little speech on Sunday morning where... She was just like, I love horses and I love to ride. And I think it's really cool. Someone like that, that's an Olympian and at the top of the sport, but they like genuinely care about the horse and the horse always comes first and just such correct classical training. So I thought that was cool. What did you think of the Cavaletti work? It was it was really nice to see the exercises change the horses. No drama. Yeah. Uh, and the horses just changed because of the exercise. And you don't have to uh, do any, put any body English, any spinning on it. Just go over the pole. And she was so clear about that. This is my job, the rider, and this is your job, the horse. So everybody did their job, and it was simple and easy. Yeah. That definitely is a big advantage about Cavaletti work is that it like the pull makes your horse active and engaged and also focus. Like, I think that was a big thing for some of the young horses in a stimulating environment. Cause there were like, what, like maybe. There was over 700 people there. Yeah. There was a lot of people. And then at Galway there's soccer fields and you know, there's just a lot. 
And so the horse has to look and focus on the Cavaletti. They can't be looking around everywhere else. So that was really cool to see. And then I also like, she did this really cool serpentine. Was it five loop serpentine? The five loop serpentine with the different distances, the flowers in between, and then you trotted some of the Cavalettis, walked some of them. Yeah. So you did like, I think you started in the trot, transition to walk, and then she had walk Cavaletti set up and then trot, go the other way, transition to walk, no Cavalettis, just trot again, and then trot through the Cavalettis at the end. So, And then when the horses did make mistakes, which they did plenty of making mistakes, she just simplified the pattern. Yeah. Got the horse more comfortable and then added too. So yeah. not translate, that's good. I can explain a couple of concepts. That seems way more manageable for me. Yes. So I thought that was really good. The other thing that was interesting with Ingrid is like every single horse, she really wanted it stretching down, like chewing the reins at the beginning and at the end of the session, whether it was a young horse or a Grand Prix horse. Because as she said, her father always told her, what did her father always tell her? That the horse's back has to be supple. If the horse's back is not supple, everything is impossible. Yes. And the other thing that she really stressed was hands together. She wanted your hands one fist width apart, hands together and in front of the withers, which is hard. Like I have a tendency to want to widen my hands when my horse won't stretch down. Um, so that was definitely something I've been trying out more. And her, like, so a lot of people say hip width apart. I always say hands hip width apart, don't you? Uh, well, no, it's technically, it's, it's a hand's breadth. So it's one hand apart. That's what Ingrid said. Right. So that's where that is the ideal. Um, but on my younger horses, I might go a bit wider because it helps stabilize them. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that if you can keep your hands like this, you know, fist width apart and your horse really stretches to the contact, that's when you know your horse is really through and on the eight. Because kind of widening your hand is a little bit cheating. It's like helping, which is but sometimes you have to really help, but then your hands together. A lot was when she, when she, she called it what, what I'm always about, the scramble leg. She the said suppling. A, she said a rubber wrist. Yes. Right? And so if your forearm, if your forearm is straight, but your wrists are rubber, like she says, then you don't have this thing coming across the withers and the neck. Yeah. Because she really was about the straight forearm, and then she called it a rubber wrist. Yeah. Yeah. So that was another really good takeaway. Um, the other thing, I have some notes up here. The other thing, man, she was super fit. So Ingrid is what, like 57, I think. Exactly. I looked it up. Um, but just like watching her, she, her posture is so good. She stands up so tall and so straight. And she said she works out with a physio at least twice a week. And she's had a lot of injuries. Like I think yeah, she's been wrecked. Yeah. I think Aachen this year, she broke her collarbone and she was like going to try to ride with a broken collarbone and then decided that that like wasn't a good idea. Um, but it just goes to show you the importance of fitness to being a really good rider. And a lot of the riders, myself included, she took away our stirrups. Um, so it was really funny. I was riding Harvey around and sometimes in the tempi changes, I have a tendency to like lean out of the saddle. I don't know why that really doesn't help him, but she comes up to me and she goes, Amelia, are you brave? 
And I was like, uh, and she, then she took my stirrups away and made me do the tempi changes without stirrups in front of everyone. So lucky, luckily Harvey was a really good boy. Yeah, I only hopped up a little bit in the group. <laughs> yes. Um, another really big takeaway from the clinic and from Ingrid was just about riding the horse you have and trying to make your horse as good as possible. Do you remember the story she told? No. So she told this story about how she had this thoroughbred horse when she oh, was a horse. kid. Yeah. Yeah. You tell it. Well, no, she just asked Christoph Hess how she could improve her dressage scores. And he said, work on the halt. Yes, because the thoroughbred really didn't have that great of gates. Like it was, you know, kind of tight and choppy and like the trot and canter were just average. And so she worked on her halts and I think she got a few tens at the end. But like halt, rain back and walk pirouette. Yo Hinneman says to me all the time, he's like, those are just three exercises that show how detail oriented and how good your training is. It has nothing to do with the quality of your Right. Horse. You don't need the impulsion. You don't have any huge expressive gates in those. Yeah. So that's really just a question of uh, paying attention to detail and some obedience and not, not sloughing through it, not being in a hurry, just get it done. Yeah. And I think that as hard as dressage and riding is, we all get trapped into this like, oh, well, I'm just going to, if I had a different horse, it would be easier. I'm going to go get a better horse. But the truth of the matter is you can always improve your horse because dressage means training. It doesn't mean like buying. So, you know, maybe your horse is never going to get an eight or a nine on the medium trot because they just don't move that well. But where else can you make up those points? And like halts. Yeah, absolutely. And Ingrid did say that that horse made her a better rider. And I think that that's really true. It's like the horses that aren't easy and that don't necessarily like that you're not winning all the time on. Those are the horses that define you as a rider and how good you are. So um, that was I'm, super interesting. I'm struggling with that at the moment. Yes. I have some decisions to make. But uh, there was a judge that once said, she goes, yeah, sure. If I had a million dollars in the bank, some things would be easier, but I'm making do with what I have. Yeah. And so and right, enjoying the enjoying journey the horse that I'm on. Yeah. Enjoying the journey, enjoying the process. Um, so it was, it was great to be around Ingrid because you can just tell that she really is a true horsewoman. She was so kind and considerate Positive. and yeah. And the other funny thing was that, so we had like a riders meeting on Friday night before the clinic started and Ingrid went around and like talked to all of the riders. And she says to me, would you like to ride the test on Sunday? And I said, she was clever about this. It was. <laughs> yes. And I said, no, Ingrid, I don't want to ride the test in front of 800 people. So then Saturday I go and to start the lesson and she says, Oh, Amelia has agreed. She that said it on the microphone <laughs> to the crowd. She says, Amelia has agreed that tomorrow she will ride the test for all of you. And so then I was so nervous because um, I wasn't sure like the timing because at a show, when you know your time, like you're like, okay, I'm going to, my test is at 930. 
so I need like, usually I get on about 40 minutes before I walk for 10 minutes and then I need like 30 minutes for Harvey to get ready for the Grand Prix. But I wasn't like really sure the timing of when exactly she wanted me to ride the tests. And then I had to ride warm up like inside the ring with everyone watching. So I was very nervous. Um, and then it was like a tune. Yeah. And then it was eerie. Yeah, it was crazy. We all, we all, I was on the side of the rail. We all, everybody held their breath. It was just so quiet. Yeah. 700 people there and you, you heard, you could have heard a pin drop. Yeah. Because I thought that she was going to like coach me through the test and like tell and me talk like, and talk about scores and yeah. what would this be and what would that be. But it was just silence. Yeah, she didn't say one word the entire test. So I was like, um, anyways, I was pretty happy with Harvey. We had a few little bobbles and it can always be better, right? Like that's the you always say you can be frustrated for life. Yeah, it's horses. Um, you can yeah, be frustrated for life. Yeah, but so, you enjoy the ride. Yeah. And it definitely, I think that doing something like that, like when you get out of your comfort zone, it's uncomfortable and it takes courage. It takes courage to get confident. So, you know, like I was like, gosh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to ride my test. And that's like what one half of my brain is saying. And then the other half of my brain is talking myself out of it and be like, you're going to grow from this situation and you're going to become a better test rider and you're gonna like up, come up to the occasion and do this they call in video games they call that leveling up yes you, you get some skills and you get to the next level yeah and an interesting point that ingrid made is her father was a big proponent of test riding and see like for me i just like to school and school and work on the basics i think you ride test patterns more like I ride a lot students. of patterns i mean the test patterns yeah are a bunch of I, I do patterns and so ingrid's point was like even if you don't feel ready to ride the test ride it and figure out how to fix it in the test you know because that's really the art of it is how can you anticipate like what's going to happen next and fix it before it happens and help your horse before you have an issue while you're staying on the course, which is hard. I mean, the Grand Prix is like, everything comes up so fast. You barely eat in the canter work. You barely even have a short side because you're just going center line, diagonal, center line, diagonal. So there's really no time if you start having like a problem to fix anything. So, but. Right. I think that when you ride those tests or ride the patterns, it makes your brain speed up. Yeah. It makes your reaction time faster because it has to happen here now. Right. You're not coming around for the second time and we're doing it again. But then you also have to remember how to like release and relax in the test because that's what I do is I go in the test. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And said to me at the last show is like, take your time in there. Like this isn't a race. And so you have to find the moments in the test where you can release and then add pressure for the next movement so that you're not constantly just pressuring your horse and adding that tension. And especially a horse like Harvey, who's super sensitive. If I suddenly change too much the way I'm riding, then he changes and he senses that and he gets a little bit nervous. Um, so 
anyways, overall, it was a great clinic. Um, Intrigue, what are they called? the it's called Intrigue Marketing. They, yeah, put, they it on. put it on. They did a great job. They did the, a great uh, job. The catering was good. The food yeah, was good. Very good uh, food. The schedule was good. The riders were good. Um, yeah. And it was at Galway Downs. And Kelly Arts was the girl who organized yeah. the whole thing. She actually rode in it too, borrowed somebody's horse so she could yeah. ride in it. So that's <laughs> impressive. And it was really just well organized, was well, well run. Um, yeah. You know, Halter Ego came and got you that really pretty shirt. Yeah, that's that was a nice super shirt. Nice. All the vendors were great. They were all yeah. set up there. They stayed the whole weekend, which just adds to it. And it's yeah. not, you know, taking it down at 10 a.m. on Sunday and everybody hard charging home. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it was a good time. yeah, it was a fun weekend. We had a bunch of our clients come down and we rented a little house there on the property. We and had snacks. Yes, we had lots of food. Um, so it was definitely, I think it's always fun when we can unite and learn together and have some takeaways to go home because that's really how you get better is you go to like a clinic or, or you watch a YouTube video. You, you have to get out of your own head and out of your own system. And well, what you were saying about being in your comfort zone. Yes. I'm really comfortable here, but I don't get any better unless I challenge that and push that. And when you're with other people and everybody's going, come on, let's do this. Let's do the other thing. Like all the ladies were all like, oh, let's go home and do Cavalettis. Everybody's all fired up to do Cavalettis. Yeah. Um, I have a student who does them a lot, but I had a much clearer idea of what to do with that when we went to yeah. it uh, on Monday when I got back. Yeah. And I think the the thing with Cavalettis is just go slow, like introduce, that's what Ingrid did. You start with one. And when your horse is comfortable with one, you put another one in. And when your horse is comfortable with two, but then if your horse gets scared, go back to one. Right, because there was the one horse that looked like it had it, and then they added one and it panicked. Yeah. And they took that out again, got back to the to the two, I think it was, yeah. and then added the third. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. I just remember that, that, it, that one one got panicked and then they had to back it down and then build it back up. Yeah. Okay, we have some questions, but first of all, don't forget to RSVP for the goal setting webinar. You should see the link either above or below this video. Let me know in the chat if you're going to come to the goal setting webinar and if you already know what your goal is for next year, what that what might that be? I find that setting goals is really really helpful. And so I'm going to share a bunch of my tips and tricks that I use to help set my goals and hopefully we'll all achieve them okay question wait there's one here in the chat uh trey what is your advice for a horse who won't stop when you sit back and say whoa go ahead me first no you i read the um, question I, I don't think i have enough information there because if all you're doing is sitting back and saying, well, I don't, you know, you're not making the horse understand what you want. So I would think maybe sit more down and take the reins with you more half halted. Yeah. So seat then rein. Yeah. Because your seat, like if your horse isn't listening to your seat, you can't really. In right. See, somebody came it. in with sit deeper. Yeah. And not so much so that you take your weight and you sit down in them and you take the rain back. And then one thing I like to do too is turn onto a small circle because anytime you turn your horse, 
that's going to slow your horse down. And we all know that pulling back on two reins on a runaway horse only makes them go faster. They are stronger than us. Yes. Okay. Um, Margaret, do I have video from my ride at the Klemke Clinic? Yes. We're not what sure what we're going to do with it. Do oh, I have video, video from yeah. the ride? I do have video. We're deciding what to do with it. Um, Dana, favorite exercise to improve or develop the medium trot? What's that? Exercise to improve or develop the medium trot. Um, I like shoulder in on the short side and maintain that shoulder in through the corner and then the half diagonal, grow that trot. Okay. I like quarter line, leg yield when you get to the rail medium, Go. but yeah. the same idea. Same idea. And it's good to do small increments. Like you don't just want to go the whole diagonal in medium trot. You want to do like four or five steps, come back, four or five steps, come back. Because the transitions are what strengthen your horse. And when you're first teaching it, they're not going to have stamina to do the full diagonal. So there's no point in doing that. Okay. Um, let's see. Chris, how do you get a good free walk from an overachieving power walker? The power walking kicks in when we go to walk. Yeah, my mare does that too. And in my last lesson, uh, my coach was like, that's you because I don't have an elastic contact with the rain when I'm doing my free walk and then trying to get to my medium walk. And so I'm really concentrating on feeling that nod in the horse's neck as I shorten one rein, maybe leg yield a little, shorten that inside yeah. rein, then shorten that outside rein, but really giving my elbows the freedom to, because if the reins are long on my free walk, that my elbows can come back and I can regulate that tempo and keep the suppleness and then bring the rein shorter. And it's not been easy. She still squirts off. She still jigs away a little bit because, but that I'm thinking really about the contact in, in every aspect of the walk. Um, it certainly helped regulate the tempo. And the other thing I've been doing is trying to, in the walk, keep my leg on, push the walk bigger and bring it back and make transitions within the gate. Yeah. And it hasn't been easy, but the walk's certainly been improving. But the other thing Albert's had you do is when she would jig, turn on the forehand. Yeah, and turn on the forehand. Yeah, because pushing because them sideways or like leg yielding helps. A lot of times horses jig because they're tight. And so if you're like, if you push them sideways, you basically make it impossible for them to jig or rush off. So because it's important, what you don't want to do is when they jig, you don't want to just take your legs off because then you're training them. And that's inadvertently what we do. Like we're walking and they jig and we like take our legs off and brace. And so then you're teaching them to jig because then you go away. So, um, okay, let's see. Ren, how about goal setting and steps that you should consider when planning your pathway? I'm gonna tell you all my goal setting tricks. I was actually working a lot on the goal setting webinar this morning. But basically what's important with your goals is that you set like a big overarching goal, like kind of a dream, and then you dial it down into to-do list. And the other thing about goals, you are going to fail. 
I was listening to. Uh, we fail 70% of the time. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you don't set any goals, guess what? You're not going to fail. And so preparing yourself for failure and being okay with it is super important to consider. Um, okay. How, how do you make connections in the sport? Getting in with the right crowd and finding people who are a good fit for you. When to know if they're not a good fit. I don't even know. I just kind of do my thing and, you know, um, water seeks its own level. I'll end up with people who are like me because I'm the way I am and I attract that and I'm attracted to that. So everybody finds, you know, there's 31 flavors at Baskin and Robbins. Mint, is, mint chip ice cream is terrible, but somebody's eating it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think that that's like a life lesson, but I personally have certain values that I try to live by. Like I try to be positive. I work really hard. I try to be kind and inclusive. And I put that out there like towards other people, towards my horses. And if I feel like someone isn't um, a match to my values, then I will just like not, I don't, I don't like confrontation. So I just won't engage with those people. I'll try to you know, like, like at the horse show or at the Ingrid clinic, it was great to have the riders meeting and to get to connect with some of the other riders there and some of the other professionals who I really like, and they're just good people and they are positive And we talk about horses. And so like find those people that you connect with and that you feel like share your values. And then, you know, what you put out is what you get. So that's my that's thing. That. Okay, talk about the science behind how horses think and learn and how we can use it to teach them things efficiently. Oh, I just did a webinar on this for my Groundwork Essentials course. What do you think? How do horses think? Um, they think like prey, uh, like food. They are the <laughs> food, you know, and so that's just how they see the world is I've got to be safe. Yes. And... And that's really the, and you know, and Ingrid said that too, if the horses think they're safe, they'll do it for you. Yeah. They just have to think they're safe. Yeah. And that's our job is to make them feel safe. If you're part of the problem in terms, you know, you're not making the horse feel safe, then they are, they're always going to be apprehensive and less trusting. And she talked a lot about the trust too, that, that we form the, the bond that's made. And that's, and it comes from that is, did the horse feel safe? Yeah. Yeah. And so thinking about the horse brain, like you said, they're very stimulus driven. Like they're the way their brain is wired is that they see or they smell or they hear. And that stimulus goes right away to their motor cortex. And then they react, they run, they spin. And that's what keeps them safe because they're prey. That's also, I think, what allows us to really train them because they're just reacting to stimulus like so if you think about one tempi changes they are reacting so quickly to our aids because of that same prey instinct mm -hmm. that we dislike right that like right. they when spin they, around when they and we fall sideways. off which may or may not have happened to mm -hmm. me today um so i think that's important the other thing is 
we have what we call a prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for like reasoning. reasoning. <laughs> they don't have that. And like planning and forethought. In here's some good statistics. In our brain, prefrontal cortex is 33% of our brain. In monkeys, it's about 15. In dogs, it's about five. In horses, it's zero. So they really don't have that ability to like reason or to plan. And that's not to say that they're not like wonderful, super creatures, but it's just important. But they're to, a horse. Yes. They think differently. And they think than like horses. Yes. <laughs> so um, that's important to remember. And I think they learn a lot through repetition. So one thing I say over and over again, my secret formula to training, aid, reaction, release, and repeat. That's the secret. And that thing that you say that they remember everything, right? Yes. And so it's so important to not do the wrong thing because they don't unlearn it. Right. They, it's still in there. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, it's tricky that. Okay. One last question. How do you manage warming up more than one horse at a competition? How what? How do you manage warming more than one horse up at the competition? Bring your husband. <laughs> I don't know if everyone is lucky enough to have a husband like you that drives the truck, cleans stalls, warms me up. And if there's some overlap, I warm up the students. <laughs> Let me know if you have an awesome horse husband in the chat. But it definitely is like if I'm going to a horse show alone, which I did once, I took Harvey and Kensington to a horse show completely by myself. And I definitely missed having help. So it's just scheduling. It's a lot, right? It's, and then, yeah. you know, when you can go to show management, if you've got more than one and go, these are close, can you do anything? Yeah. Move out of your third level test three class and do a third level open class. Or what is it? Test of choice. I'm sorry. Uh, do a third level test of choice and maybe they can move you somewhere else in the day and and separate your rides out. Yeah. Yeah. Or just focus on one horse, you know, do what you can manage. But um, hey, there's another great horse husband, Steve. And I can't read that. Steve Hansen, best horse husband. Way to go, Steve. Good job on you. <laughs> OK. All righty, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our um friendly banter tonight. I hope you learned something. I hope you're coming to my goal setting webinar. I hope you're enjoying the dark, short, cold days. I can't wait until the 24th. When is it? When do the days start getting longer? 22. On the 22? So December. what, like another weeks. 15 days? The days start well, we've had longer. a day of rain. Yay. We've had a day of cold. I'm ready for March. Yes, we're ready for <laughs> spring. Ready for March. And we live in California, so we should. Oh, yeah, we are. All right. Good night, everyone. Oh, there's a Bruce. Another one. Shout out to Bruce. Bye. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.